0: Chapter 33, Rescue Party Nix stood so quickly, her chair fell backward. No! Mr. Hainsworth was with her tonight. How did he lose her? Tiago shook his head. He said he got home and she was gone. Didn't even know to anything. That doesn't mean she was kidnapped, Jordan said. How would someone even get in the house? I'm sure they've doubled up on security. Tiago swallowed. Well... Well, what? Jordan and Nix asked together. She didn't want me to say anything because you lot are paranoid enough as it is, but apparently, a few days ago, someone stole the house key out of her bag. She thinks the planner was nicked at the same time. I take it back, Jordan said. She was definitely kidnapped. Flip! Nick said. What do we do? Tiago asked with a dazed expression. "'Try to get her on her cell,' Jordan said. "'I'll call my dad. "'Nix, maybe you should.' He raised his eyebrows and then disappeared in search of the phone. Nix's mind raced. If she stopped her heart right now, she could fly up the hill and scour the area surrounding Sarah's mansion, see if there were any vans speeding toward town. But what if the kidnapper had already made it down the hill? Nix couldn't scan all of Wood's Cross in five minutes. Did Mr. Hainsworth say how long she's been missing?' If it was more than a half hour, she could be anywhere by now. Tiago shook his head, and Sarah's not answering. Jordan returned with the cordless. Same for my dad. He must have turned off his phone for the movie. Should we call 911? Nix asked. I will, Jordan said. Nix touched Jordan on the arm. I'm going to lay down on your bed for a minute. Okay, be careful. Tiago gave them both a strange look. Lay down? Are you serious? We should be out trying to find Sarah. Nix didn't want to do this right now. She'd pictured the moment she finally told Tiago, and this was nothing like she planned. But they were out of options. It was time to tell him the truth. "'Tiago, there's something I should explain,' a loud knock echoed from the front entry. Jordan stopped dialing. "'Who the crap?' "'Could be Sarah,' Tiago said. The three of them practically ran to the front door, where they found Leo standing on the front step. "'Listo hermanito?' "'No, I'm not ready.' Sarah's missing and we've got to find her. We need you to drive us around to look for her. That will take forever, Nick said. She hadn't planned to tell Leo either, but if she didn't explain herself soon, they'd all pile into the car and she wouldn't get a chance to do her own high-speed ghost search. Especially since we have no idea where to look. Now, if you'll come inside for a minute, I'll show you- Have you tried the hospital? Leo asked. Tiago glared at his brother. This is serious! I am being serious. She literally phoned me an hour ago looking for a lift to the hospital. All eyes turned to Leo. You gave her your number? Tiago asked in a less than jovial voice. In case she needed a ride sometime, Leo said. Only I didn't count on her ringing me in the middle of a date. That was a wee bit awkward. Nix rubbed her temples. Someone calls needing a ride to the hospital and you say no? She wasn't hurt, Leo said. "'I don't know why she needed to go,' Jordan frowned. "'Or why she didn't just wait for her dad to get back.' But he wouldn't have taken her,' Tiago said. "'He's kind of a control freak. And by kind of, I mean he's deranged.' "'Maybe her mom re-injured her back or something,' Nick said. "'That's a relief.' Leo lifted a nicely shaped eyebrow. "'That Sarah is not missing,' Nix clarified. "'We should call her dad so he can stop worrying.' "'Don't look at me,' Tiago said. I get the idea he doesn't like me very much, especially since I just called him babe. I'll call. Jordan snatched the phone from Tiago. How'd your date go? Nyx asked, grateful Leo had come in time to stop her divulging her secret. Smashing, Leo said. Do I have lipstick on my face? Tiago scoffed. Jordan clicked the phone off. Busy. Seriously? Nick said. All that money and Hainsworths don't have call waiting? He's probably already juggling two lines, Jordan said. His daughter is missing. Nick's fixed her gaze on Leo. We should still go to the hospital to check on her. Can you drive us? If she wasn't kidnapped, Leo said, why would we? Leo, Nick said, a 16-year-old heiress to a fortune just asked you for help and you turned her down. Her dad is freaking out and she's not answering her phone. You really want to take the chance that she's fine? Good point. Thank you. Now, how fast can you get us to the hospital? Leo grinned. Nix attempted to die in the back seat, but slowing her heart in a moving vehicle turned out to be impossible. When they reached the Haniassant Bridge, however, Leo slowed. A line of emergency vehicles blocked two lanes, backing up traffic. What demons? Leo asked. Demons? Jordan asked. Tiago chuckled. The phrase doesn't translate well. He's trying to say what the heck. Is it an accident? Nix asked. Don't see any smushed cars, Jordan said. Nix lay back in preparation for leaving her body, but then they opened up a lane, and Leo began weaving in and out of traffic, so much for relaxing her heart. Leo tried to call the Hainsworth's number a few more times, but only got the answering machine. Neither did Sarah pick up her cell. When Leo finally pulled into the hospital parking lot, Nix was surprised by how deserted it looked. On their visit to Miss Winkle, the lot had been almost full. Nix led the way through the front entrance. The inside was just as empty. They walked up to a front desk where a portly woman with spiky silver hair sat reading a newspaper. Little late, aren't ya? The kids looked at each other in confusion. We're looking for somebody, Nick said. Visiting hours ends in five minutes. You know, Jordan said in a friendly tone. Many major hospitals have done away with visiting hours. What if we were super duper quick? The lady gave him an appraising look. What's the name of the patient? Deborah. Nix glanced at Tiago. "'Does she still go by Hainsworth?' "'Meadows, I think.' The lady adjusted her lanyard. Clarissa Bauman was her name, and began typing. Deborah was discharged last week, "'and I'm not even supposed to tell you that. "'A HIPAA will send the Gestapo after me.' "'Are you sure Deborah didn't come back?' Nix asked. "'A different emergency?' Clarissa scratched the edge of her mouth. "'Nothing in the computer.' Nix felt mildly sick. Why would Sarah come to the hospital if it wasn't to visit her mom? You didn't happen to see a blonde girl come in here? Our friend is missing and probably in danger. Nix realized she sounded like a complete moron, but maybe it would pique the woman's curiosity. Clarissa picked up her paper. Good night, kids. Go play foosball or whatever it is teens do anymore. We're serious. The girl's dad is looking for her, too. I just clocked in. You're the first ones I've seen all night. Tiago stepped up to the desk. Is Julia working? "'The nurse! She's on morning shift. Now you kids get before I call you an escort!' As soon as they got outside the shining glass doors, they broke into a flurry of exclamations. "'She knows something! Call the police! What about sneaking in the back?' "'Did you really say super-duper in there?' "'Who's Julia?' The last question came from Leo, who seemed troubled Tiago was on a first-name basis with one of the nurses. "'It doesn't matter,' Jordan said. "'We've got to split up and find Sarah.' Hold on. Nix pointed to a tan vehicle in the parking lot. I know that car. In fact, she occasionally had nightmares about being trapped in the back seat while the sadistic driver slid around sharp corners. She approached and saw Chuck laying motionless in the driver's seat. Nix put a hand to her mouth. He's dead. Jordan rolled his eyes and knocked on the window. Chuck opened one eye. Go away. Did you give Sarah a ride down here? Nix asked. Although she didn't care much for Chuck, it was nice to have him alive for questioning. What's it to you? Her dad's freaking out and the police are looking for her. Where is she? Chuck huffed and lowered the window. She's inside. How long ago did she go in? Chuck looked at his watch. Half hour, maybe? Jordan joined Nix at the window. Why is she inside the hospital? He said slowly, as if speaking to a three-year-old. Chuck brushed the sleep from his eyes. You guys are ticking me off. Someone called her and asked her to bring something to the hospital. Who called? What thing? Chuck shrugged. Nix glared at him. You let her go in by herself? I'm supposed to be in work in a few hours, and I've hardly gotten any sleep. Anyway, the guy said to come alone. He rolled up the window and lay back once more. Some friend, Nix muttered. Has to be Abendroth, Jordan said. Leo rubbed his hands together to warm them. What's the plan? Jordan looked at Nix. He seemed to be asking if they should tell the Padilla boys about her heart-stopping talent. Nix wanted to tell them eventually, but right now it would take too much time. All that mattered was getting to Sarah before Mr. Abendroth, or whoever, hurt her. Um, maybe Tiago and Jordan should go to the west entrance and see if you can charm your way past a different receptionist? Leo, I think you should walk around looking for suspicious vans and keep a close eye on the exits, and keep trying to call Sarah. Hopefully it wasn't too late. A half hour was plenty of time to kidnap someone. "'What about you?' Jordan asked. "'I'm going to stay here in case Sarah comes back out.' She pulled Jordan toward Leo's car and whispered, "'I'll try to convince the guard to let you in.' "'You're leaving your body?' Jordan whispered back. "'How do you know the person will even hear you? I'm not even sure I heard you.' "'We have to try.' "'What if all this takes more than five minutes?' Nix opened the back door of Leo's car. "'I'll come back in every once in a while.' Just try to pay close attention to any random thoughts or impulses. That will be me. The boys set off for the west entrance, and Leo began his surveillance around the perimeter. Once she was alone, Nix lay down on the back seat. The cushions smelled like old french fries. She took a few deep breaths and tried to relax, concentrate. After a moment, she felt the fluttering in her chest. From there, she focused on the little electrical pulse. As soon as she found the location exactly, she stopped it. There was a brief feeling of discomfort, and then she could suddenly see every detail of the car, the individual fibers of the maroon carpeting, the tiny imperfections in the glass. Nix's whole being expanded with joy. She'd forgotten how good it felt to be free of that fleshy manacle. Passing through the car door felt strange, almost like falling through a spider web. She shot upward, should she search, nearby streets. If Sarah had been taken, finding her in a random vehicle would be near impossible— Anyway, Nix had told Jordan she would help him get inside. She dropped through several floors, which was really disorienting, and reunited with the boys at the entrance. Flip. The guy at the front desk was a large man with a misshapen hairpiece who greeted the boys with a scowl. So much for Tiago working his charms. Nix moved directly behind the man, close enough to see the darker hair escaping his fabricated hairline. Now to see if this spirit talk actually worked on complete strangers. Those boys sure do look trustworthy. You should really help them out. It was a lame attempt, but at least it sounded cool in her ghost voice. She'd forgotten how her words flowed out of her center. It was as if several billion people were whispering perfectly in sync. Even a toaster owner's manual would sound poetic and mysterious in that voice. We know we're a little late for visiting hours, but I just need to drop something off to one of my friends. Make it quick, the toupee guy said. Finally, a little luck the boy set off down the hall. Where are you going? The man asked. To give something to her. That hallway leads to the cafeteria. Have you been here before? Jordan said yes. At the same time, Tiago said no. Nyx groaned. I have. He hasn't, Jordan said. I guess I forgot where the elevators were. Why don't I give you directions so you don't get lost? That's okay. We'll find it, Jordan said. What's your friend's name? Jordan and Tiago looked at each other. Tell him the truth, Nick said. We don't have time for games. It's actually my friend's mom, Jordan said. Deborah Meadows? Nix felt like slapping everyone upside the head. Listen, Tiago said, my girlfriend heard her mom was back in the hospital. Maybe you saw her? Long blonde hair, really pretty? Nix didn't think the really was necessary. What does really, really add? Pretty is more than enough, and girlfriend is such a subjective term. Toupee guy narrowed his eyes. Security caught her trying to get onto the roof. She didn't say anything about visiting her mom, though. Where is she now? Jordan asked. The guy shrugged. I guess she left. Nick's moved directly in front of Jordan. Tell him okay, she said. Pretend to go. I have a plan to get you past him. Jordan apparently didn't get the message because he started explaining about Pillowhead and Mr. Abendroth, except this was now the third story they'd tried on this man, and it was clear he wasn't buying any of it. Why wasn't Jordan picking up her messages? What good was being able to hear her tone of voice? Nick's brought her face right up to Jordan's and put her hands on either side of his head, as if positioning headphones over his ears. If the vibrations of her voice really came from her body, rather than her mouth, maybe surround sound would work. Go outside, Nick said. This isn't working. Then, as an experiment, she raised her voice in pitch. Jordan, just go outside, she said squeakily. Except in her rushing wind voice, it sounded like a flock of sparrows. Jordan was still talking to the man. He hadn't even paused. Nyx channeled her inner loaf and in a deep, booming voice said, "'Leave!' The earth seemed to rumble. The sound waves, although slower, felt more powerful, like faraway thunder. Jordan trailed off and for a moment stared at nothing. Then he grabbed Tiago by the arm and led him toward the exit. "'Thanks anyway.' "'What are you doing?' Tiago whispered. "'Talking is getting us nowhere.' Nick's original plan had been to lure the guy away from the desk with her ghost whispers, but after the attempt with Jordan, she didn't have a whole lot of confidence in that method. It had taken her three tries to get a single thought into his head. Maybe one of the boys could pull the fire alarm while the other came through the other entrance. "'You know you might be costing a girl her life,' Nick said at the guy. He seemed unconcerned and casually took a sip from his sixty-four-ounce fountain drink. "'You better go empty your bladder while it's quiet.' If you hurry, you can be back before someone else shows up. The man didn't move. Nix came up close to his face and put her hands inches from his ears. You really, really need to go. It's not good if you hold it. Could do some sort of damage. The man took another sip and changed position. Nix decided to try the low rumble voice that had seemed to work with Jordan, but another thought occurred to her. She had also simplified the message. Maybe long instructions were too complicated to pick up on, In the lowest voice she could manage, she said, "'Pee!' The man stood and hobbled away from the desk. "'Yes! Go back!' Nix rumbled to the boys outside. "'It's clear!' They didn't so much as pause their conversation. Nix did the hands-by-ears thing to Jordan and said, "'Turn!' Jordan glanced behind him, but it was more of a check to make sure no one was sneaking up on him, rather than an observation that the guy was no longer at the desk. Maybe Tiago would be more receptive.' and since Nick's already knew the boy was jumpy, she'd use that to her advantage. Behind you, Tiago spun, looking ready to fight to the death. What? Jordan asked. I don't know. I just felt like something was creeping up on me. Jordan furrowed his brow, then took a couple of steps toward the door as if to check for bad guys. That dude is gone. Let's go. They tiptoed past the desk, this time heading straight for the elevators, Tiago pushed the up button. Nix was about to return to her body when she heard footsteps approach from the other end of the building. Jordan scanned the area, presumably for a place to hide. A woman with spiky gray hair appeared. Frank, I'm finished with the paper, if you want to. Her eyes fell on the boys. I thought I told you. Leave, Nick said to the nurse, using her refined method of communication. Despite Nix doing everything as before, the nurse didn't move. Nick's suggestions obviously didn't work as mind control. Apparently, the lady's will was strong enough to override any random thoughts. Jordan inched away from the elevators. Frank, let us in. The woman picked up the phone on Frank's desk. And security is gonna let you right back out. Run, Nick said. Although Nix wasn't speaking directly into their faces, the boys didn't need much prompting. They took off in opposite directions. Hey, the woman yelled into the phone. I need a night guard right away in the rear lobby. Nix watched the boys disappear down the empty corridors, grateful the hospital was having a slow night. Now to retreat. She needed to oxygenate her blood. Then again, it would only be a couple milliseconds to double-check the roof. She shot to the top of the building. Sarah stood a few feet from the edge of the building. She glanced behind her at the dizzying drop into the rear parking lot. Then Nick saw the figure across from Sarah, and the world seemed to contract around Nick's Pillowhead. One more step and I call the police! sarah said i won't hurt you the voice was male but high nix couldn't be sure but he looked about the same build as the guy who kicked jordan in the face unless i have to i told you i don't know where your freaking rock is you told me you had it it's the only way to save quincy i lied i wanted to find out who you were why did not you take off that stupid mask nix moved until she was directly in front of Pillowhead. had brown eyes with no eyelashes his arms were hairless and stick thin he was only a few inches taller than sarah could it be mr abendroth or one of his hired goons take off the mask nix rumbled pillowhead took a stumbling step backward and looked around wildly then slowly returned his gaze to sarah how did you do that do what pillowhead paused then said quincy will die unless you tell me where the stone is Sarah stared back at Pillowhead with grim determination. Where is Quincy? The police will protect him, not a stupid glowing rock. Glowing rock? Nix checked Pillowhead for any bulges that might be a weapon, but didn't see any. She moved to Sarah, but didn't really know what to tell her. If she screamed, Pillowhead could knock her off the roof and run for it. Nix couldn't bring herself to retreat to the car until she'd got someone on that roof with Sarah. It shouldn't cost Nix more than a few brain cells. She could live with a little slurred speech if it meant saving Sarah's life. Nix envisioned where she needed to go. Her ghost body instantly responded, sending her up stairwells, down hallways, and flashing through darkened rooms. She saw a short, red-haired man in sweats, shuffling down the hall, dragging an IV pole, a black nurse in plaid scrubs carrying a stack of towels, and a dark-mustached man sanitizing door handles and countertops. Yes, the man was only feet away from the stairwell closest to Sarah. Roof! Nix rumbled at him with both hands. The man glanced toward the door to the stairs. Go! The man sprayed a counter. Roof! The man shuffled toward the stairs. He wasn't that old, but he was walking like he was ninety. Faster! The man picked up the pace, but only slightly. It would be a couple minutes before he got up the two flights of steps and onto the roof. At least he was headed in the right direction, though. Nix flew up through glass, metal, and brick until she was back on the roof. Neither Sarah nor Pillowhead had changed position, so Nix returned to her body. For a moment she considered simply staying out. Going back into that misshapen mass made her skin crawl, or it would have if she'd been wearing skin. The mechanical crunch of a crash bar echoed across the parking lot. A guard emerged from a side exit with a black-haired teenager in tow. Tiago had been caught. Nix waited, but Jordan didn't appear. Nix entered the car and positioned herself so she was mostly inside the dead girl, after concentrating, she identified a slight pull in her chest, like her heart wanted to start but needed help. Nix focused, but she couldn't make anything happen. How had she done it before? Maybe she'd stayed out too long. Nix couldn't decide whether to be devastated or relieved. She lifted her right hand. The long, slender limb rose alone, leaving the fleshy arm still tucked next to the seat. Nix pressed her ghost hand into her chest until it cupped the inactive heart. For some reason, her hand and chest felt less cold than the rest of her body. Had she experienced temperature change as a ghost before? She didn't think so. She removed her hand. The warmth faded. Where had the heat come from? The image of Tiago rubbing his hands together came to mind. Could her spirit make friction heat? She rubbed her spirit hands against each other. She felt a slight tingle of warmth, but nothing like she'd felt when her hand had been inside her chest cavity. Nix rubbed her hands together again except this time she rubbed them inside each other, so they were both taking up the same space. A gust of warm air seemed to flow into her fingers, as if they were under a hairdryer. It didn't hurt, in fact, it felt nice, but as she kneaded her hands together, they seemed to grow less ethereal. It was like making gravy in Ms. Winkle's room. The more she stirred and heated, the thicker it got. Somehow the friction of multiple layers of ghost matter created heat. No, not created it. Drew it in. The air inside the car had grown thick and white. The fog condensed against the windows, then crystallized into an intricate pattern of frost. Wait, she was making the inside of the car colder? That wouldn't help to reanimate her corpse. She stopped rubbing her hands. They still felt hot and strangely heavy. Nix reached into her chest again. It was as if she were trying to move her hand through caramel. Her ghost form had never felt this much physical tension before. The most exciting thing was that she could now feel her insides, her lungs, her stomach, and a slimy thing that might have been her liver. She could actually identify individual cords of muscle in her heart and trace the intricate valve system. As she felt around, the heat flowed from her hands into her physical body, yet the tissue and organs remained cold and lifeless. Nick squeezed her heart, and the muscle contracted. Then again, the magnetic force grew twice as strong as it had been. She squeezed again, this time with both hands, while she created more friction, with her feet this time. The heat flowed up her legs and soaked into her heart like water in sand. Instantly every nerve in her body twisted and writhed. She couldn't think. All that existed was the unimaginable anguish. And then, as suddenly as it had come, the pain was gone, leaving a hundred tiny aches in its place. Nix's head hurt, along with her back, chest, and right arm, which was apparently trapped between her rolls and the hard end of a seatbelt. Why was she lying in the back of a car? She remembered something about the hospital and Sarah. Being that Nix felt like garbage and could barely move, it probably meant she'd just left her body. Nix took a few painful breaths and collected snatches of her trip into the hospital a man with a fountain drink, pillow head on the roof. Nix forced herself to remember every tiny detail. It came back slightly faster than it had in Jordan's garage. Maybe she was getting better at this. She thought about hobbling into the hospital to tell everyone where to locate Sarah, but it'd be a few minutes before Nix's meat sack would be capable of walking. She'd have to trust that the custodian was the heroic type, or that at least he'd tell someone else what was going on before Sarah got thrown to her death. Nix flopped into a more comfortable position on the seat and slowed her circulation again. She noticed with some relief that complex thinking wasn't giving her trouble. Apparently her brains were still intact. She'd have to make this next trip a quick one. Whether it was from practice or the fact that her body was already half-dead, going out was much easier than the first two times. She materialized on the roof next to Sarah practically the same instant she left her body. She had moved so fast it had almost been like teleporting. Or ask your father. One of you knows where it is. We heard Quincy telling you. Where was the mustache guy? Nix dropped into the stairwell. The janitor rang a rag along the handrail. Now's not the time to earn employee of the month, Nick screamed. She moved close and rumbled. Roof! Help! Danger! The man's thick eyebrows quivered. Then he sprinted out of the stairwell, back into the hospital.